0: You're listening to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, your home for holistic evidence-based cognitive enhancement strategies. And now your host, Eric Levi. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, where we discuss using nootropics, biohacking, and nutrition to help you boost your cognition. My name's Eric. And if it is your first time here watching or listening to the podcast, then first of all, don't forget to subscribe. If you enjoy what you're listening to and/or watching, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave the podcast a five-star review. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you have any questions, comments that come up throughout the episode, leave those down in the comments below. And if you are someone who is interested in finding the best quality supplements and nootropics on the market today, then head on over to HolisticNootropics.com and download a copy of my free supplement buying guide. This is a fully comprehensive guide that will walk you through ingredient by ingredient on how to find the best quality supplements and nootropics in the market today. Because let's face it, the supplement market today is a $100 billion industry. Most of it is hot garbage. It doesn't have the ingredients you want, or it has too many ingredients that actually kind of dilute what you're actually looking for. A lot of these companies are cutting corners and really sacrificing the value or the um, the potency the supplement product you're getting by putting in these fillers and excipients and flow agents that speed up production. They speed up the bottom line for the supplement manufacturer, but they don't actually make the product quality better. So I have a fully uh, a full guide put together that will walk you through how to spot the ingredients to look out for, to avoid those bad products and only get yourself the good ones. And again, you can do that or you can get that guide for free over at holisticneutropics.com. Okay, let's jump into today's podcast with our guest, R. Blank. R is the CEO of Shield Your Body, whose mission it is to make technology safer. With hundreds of thousands of customers in over 30 countries and having been interviewed on platforms ranging from ABC television to Electric Sense, R is an internationally followed expert on issues of EMF health and safety. He was inspired to create um, Shield Your Body when he co authored the best selling book, Overpowered, with his father, Dr. Martin Blank, one of the world's leading EMF scientists. He has degrees from Columbia University and UCLA, and now hosts the Healthier Tech Podcast. R, welcome to the Holistic Neutrophics Podcast. Thank you
1: so much, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah. I mean, just from our backgrounds alone, looks like we're both kind of being overcome by all this wildlife. Me with the (laughs) ocean, you with that raging plant back here. So it looks like we are two dudes just following the way of nature. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about it. How did you get interested in EMFs? Your father is a uh, world-renowned EMF scientist, which is actually very interesting to me because I didn't know there were EMF scientists, you know, at least prior to the last couple of years. Um, So that's actually, I mean, in itself, very trailblazing. So um, I'd love to know, like, how you became, how you became interested in it and, you know, kind of the things, the path that your father laid and, and, you know, you kind of following in those footsteps. Sure. Well, so my father, uh, his name was Dr. Martin
1: Blank. And um, about 10 years ago. He had a contract to write a book about uh, everything that uh, he had learned uh, about uh, the health effects of EMF uh, or electromagnetic fields, which I can define in a bit for your audience. Um, And uh, unlike everything he had written in his life, right, this was actually made, uh, designed, this book was going to be read by regular people. So he asked me for uh, some help to write this book, uh, which became known as, uh, became called Overpowered which is still available on Amazon, still one of the best uh, books on this topic of EMF and health effects. And so I, I co-wrote, I ended up co-writing the book with him and in the course of, I mean, obviously he was my, my father. And so I knew about the work that he had done, but really only kind of at a basic level. Like I I knew I shouldn't hold a phone up to my head and I knew I shouldn't use a microwave oven. Uh, but other than that, I didn't really understand the issues. And in the course of writing that book, a few things really hit home for me. So one of those is that the science on this question of what health, what the negative health effects are from exposure to EMF radiation, uh, the science there is incredibly strong. We're talking about decades of thousands of studies showing a wide range of negative health outcomes. It's a very large and continually growing and very impressive body of science that, that paints a very compelling message. On the other side of that, you really focus on the fact that The stuff that emits EMF, the the sources of EMF, these are all of the things that essentially define modern society. Right. It's it's not just our cell phones and our Wi-Fi. It's our power lines and our refrigerators and our light bulbs. You can't go back to a world without human made EMF unless you're willing to go back to the life in 1850. And so I realized there had to be safer ways for people to relate to technology, to use technology with less exposure to EMF radiation. And that's where the idea for what became SYB, that's, that's where it started. And a year after that, I released my first product and I've uh, been going since then. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, yeah, it's the EMF topic. It's very... Um, not a lot of people really know about it. I mean, I think people understand, like you said, this basic idea of, you know, hey, I'm using this phone or I'm using this laptop, or nowadays like we have smart TVs, you know, I have all these electric devices, and they're probably giving off some kind of, you know, hidden force. But nobody really understands the magnitude of it. Like, for instance, if somebody gets cancer and a lot of people do get cancer, nobody's tying that back to their electronic device. Right. Um, And even me, because I I keep up with this stuff. I understand. I've read a book called radiation nation um, some years ago that kind of turned beyond this whole topic. And I understand that, Hey, like there's a lot of science that shows that these can, but even me, like I wouldn't tie a cancer diagnosis per se to just an emf especially considering you know in the health field there are so many there's so many people with so many different things like you have the high fat low carb guy you have the low fat high carb guy right you've got um you know the the gmos right you've got all of these other things um that are contributing to what could cause cancer and then emfs come along and we go well now emfs are the thing so what is the science what is the what is the evidence that that really states like why these things can be such a problem?
1: Sure. Well, it's a great question, because whenever there's an individual case of cancer, um, unless it's one of these outliers, it's it's very difficult to, to know uh, what caused that cancer. Uh, And so what you do is you look for for rates of cancer among populations. You engage in epidemiological studies. That's what that that that's uh, the incidence. uh, Epidemiology is the study of incidence of disease in a population. And that's where you can find uh, very strong. Uh, Compelling evidence on this question. So I'll give you just one example, because there's so many that that, I mean, there's more than I have memorized, but there's so many that uh, you could choose from. So one example, there's a, a, a book written by Dr. Sam Millam. It's called Dirty Electricity, and that book is, is his, his research into this specific question about uh, what the impact of the electrification of America had. So this is before cell phones. This is just installing the power grid, right? Because the power grid didn't just all appear at once. Different parts of the United States were electrified at different times. And what he did is he went in and investigated the death records in different parts of the United States before the introduction of electrification and after the introduction of electrification. And what he found is there's this whole set of diseases, what he terms the diseases of civilization that did not exist before the electrification and only were introduced with electrification, which means they were introduced at different times around the country. And so among those is childhood leukemia, childhood leukemia, which is the incidence of leukemia in children between the ages of three and four did not exist until the introduction of the power grid. And once it was introduced, then it, it emerged. Same thing holds true for Lou Gehrig's disease um, and, and several other of these diseases of civilization. So that's one example. Another is a set of uh, research by Leonard Hardell in Europe in, in 2007. And that was a very large scale uh, study where he uh, showed that the more uh, time you spend on a cell phone before the age of, of 20, the greater your chance of developing a brain tumor 10 years later. And he was able to correlate that uh, in, 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 to the amount of time that was spent cumulatively on the phone. Right. So uh, there are they're, they're the all there all of these different studies. And, and again, cancer, it's, it's a very concerning outcome. Uh, and it, it's one that gets a lot of attention for obvious reasons, but that's just one of the sets of negative health effects that that we are we are finding uh, resulting from exposure to EMF radiation
0: and so what other and I just threw cancer out because it was it's just kind of one of those um, it's a big one yeah it's a big one and it's very um, how do I say it like you can a lot of times link it to something right like you can link it to like an outlier event um, or exposure or chronic exposure to something and and um, I think when it comes to cell phones, that's probably like the number one thing on people's minds. Like, okay, I keep my phone in my pocket too much, you know, okay. What about my, my, um, my genitals, right. Or I put Mm -hmm. the phone in my head, my brain. Right. Um, okay. But what are these other health effects that people are that, that you can, or that have been in the literature correlated to EMF exposure? And is it just from phones? Or have they measured it against other other devices? Yeah. So so,
1: yeah, as as uh, one of the examples I just gave, right, uh, indicated the the dirty electricity example with childhood leukemia that was associated with power lines. Right. So Mm -hmm. this force EMF, it stands for electromagnetic fields, And there's many different types of EMF. They exist on a spectrum called the electromagnetic spectrum. At the middle of that spectrum is visible light like we get from the sun. That is essentially the only form of natural EMF to which all of humanity and all life on Earth was exposed. Uh, Then you have certain forms of EMF with much more energy than the sun or sunlight. And those are called ionizing, and they include things like x-rays and gamma rays. And we all know those are incredibly dangerous, even in very, very small doses. So what we're talking about here are the human-made forms of, of EMF. Those have less energy than visible light. And they include things like uh, that we call radio frequency or microwave and uh, electro. uh, Sorry, extremely low frequency EMF. These are emitted by anything that communicates wirelessly. So that includes cell phones. It also includes Wi-Fi and Bluetooth Um, and then anything that runs on power. So that includes power lines, uh, appliances and and uh, and so forth. So all of these are forms of EMF radiation. Uh, of human medium well of emf radiation and they're the human made forms of, of emf these did not exist on the planet until like i say around 1850 with the introduction of the light bulb then the power grid to power the light bulb then the all well, the appliances we started to run on the power grid and so forth now in terms so when we're talking about the negative health effects uh coming from uh, resulting from exposure to emf radiation we're talking about all of these different sources right so that is cell phones but it's also wi-fi it's also bluetooth it's all also, uh, uh, power lines. Uh, it's also refrigerators and microwaves. Now, uh, you asked about the, the the number of different health effects, right? So, what what the science, the story of the science tells is that we are basically seeing negative health outcomes or negative, some type of negative results in essentially every biological system that is being investigated. So when it comes to cancers, right, everyone goes to brain tumors first, but it's not just brain tumors. There's growing st- amount of research on, on thyroid cancer, on colorectal cancer, on breast cancer. These are all forms of different tumors in different parts. Uh, I already mentioned leukemia, right? So there's many different types of, of cancer and tumor growth that, that are linked uh, through the science to EMF exposure. But then you mentioned uh, the genitals, right? Infertility and subfertility. That there's a tremendous amount of science uh, showing that, for instance, men who carry their phones in their pockets have much lower sperm counts than men who don't. Same for holding your laptop in your lab uh in terms of pregnancy you see there's strong science uh, showing that it's, uh, high exposure to EMF radiation when pregnant leads to a much higher rate of miscarriage. Not just that, but higher incidence of birth defects and health uh, health impact in the child even 10, 15 years later after birth, just from the exposures that happened in utero. Mm-hmm. You see uh, sleep disruption is one that is increasingly common because EMF exposure uh, inhibits melatonin production. It's one of the impacts on the endocrine system. Uh, So melatonin production is suppressed. Sleep cycles are disrupted. Sleep suffers. That then has follow on effects, right? Because when you're not sleeping well, you're more susceptible to many other conditions. So these are just some of uh, some of the examples I know. I know you like uh, you're, you're very interested in areas of of cognition. There is growing research showing that EMF exposure uh, harms uh, multiple forms of memory tasks, uh, both in children and adults. And that, for instance, in classrooms, there there's measurable differences in test and test scores and test outcomes based on uh, levels of EMF exposure. Uh, so and it's not just I, I, I know you like most people are most interested in human effects. I want to underscore this is not just in humans. When I say in every biological system that's measured, I'm talking about, yes, in, in humans, but also in other animals, birds, bees, plants, and so forth. You are seeing just a tremendous uh, uh, impact from exposure to these forces. And the thing is, is that the, the, the number of sources of EMF continues to grow at very, very rapid rates. So, The amount that we're exposed to today is more than the amount we were exposed to two years ago, four years ago, much less 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. We need, right, in terms of the exposures that we have today, we won't know what the health outcomes really are for another 20 years. But by that point, our exposures will be orders of magnitude greater because of the the trajectory of the rollout of all of this technology.
0: Yeah. And what exactly is the is happening at the cellular level? Like why are EMFs so, um, so harmful? Like what, what are they doing to the cells and to the, um, you know, to all the different parts of the cell and to, to your body? What, what sure. exactly no, is going on? Great question. So
1: there's several answers there. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll go with some of the, maybe the bigger ones. So uh, one is that, Uh, EMF exposure. So what I'm about to say goes back to, to work done in the early 1990s by Dr. Henry Lyon, Dr. Narendra Singh. And what they found at the time, they were sending cordless phone radiation because cell phones weren't as big a thing, um, but it's very similar to cell phone radiation. And what they found is that exposure, even short duration exposure, we're talking like 15 minutes exposure uh, to cordless phone radiation led to increase in DNA strand breaks. So what uh, what is that? DNA is formed of two strands, right? That double helix, there's a, each one of those is a strand. Uh, EMF exposure leads to those strands breaking. Now, if both strands break, that means the cell will kill itself, apoptosis, it'll die. If only one strand breaks, the cell will try to repair that strand using the information in the other strand. And it's through that process uh, by which mutations can occur. Mutations are one of the key mechanisms uh, for cancer, but also for other types of disease formation. So that's one example and i like citing that one uh, because dna is shared by every cell in every living thing Mm -hmm. so it's very easy to start understanding how this can impact so many different biological systems and so many different creatures another example is uh, alteration of the voltage-gated calcium channel so that's a mechanism on the cell by which uh the amount of calcium that's allowed in in and out of the cell is regulated and work by Dr. Martin Paul has shown that the, uh, EMF exposure uh, alters the behavior of the voltage-gated calcium channel, leading to uh, increased rates of oxidation, free radical accumulation, inflammation, uh, which is another well-known mechanism by which disease forms. And again, there's, there's many other examples here. So one, some of the work that my father did that he's most well-known for Um, uh, showed how exposure to EMF radiation triggers the uh, heat, uh, the the cellular stress response, right? So it triggers the release of heat shock proteins, which is an indicator of physiological stress. And as as an indicator of physiological stress, it shows that even if we don't think we're feeling exposure to EMF, our body is interpreting it at the cellular level as a threat and a force to be uh, addressed. So, and again, there's so many. So there's there's other research that shows. Um, that uh, EMF exposure leads to leakage of the blood-brain barrier. That then uh, has has many follow-on effects, but one of which is that it it makes it easier for for foreign viruses to enter the brain and cause damage, right? So there are a lot of these mechanisms uh, at the cellular level uh, by which this type of damage occurs. And the important thing to remember is that we are being exposed to these uh, forces 24-7. Right now, you're exposed to more of it when you have a phone up to your head than when, when you don't. But in today's world, you are being exposed to this, uh, this stressor um, 24-7. There's, by one conservative estimate, just walking around the city, uh, and I'm, not, I'm talking about not holding a phone up to your head. You're just walking around a modern city. You are being exposed as you know, background level. To over one trillion times more EMF radiation than you would than, than, than would occur in nature otherwise, so mm-hmm. up until eighteen fifty, what our ancestors were exposed to, we're talking now about less than two hundred years in which this process has has gone from that point to over one trillion times higher as background level. And so it's almost impossible to escape it now.
0: Yeah, I mean. When I lived in New York, it's just amazing just walking around that city, the amount of not even just EMS, because I know, I mean, you're walking around people who are just on their phone, like everybody has a phone in their pocket, everybody's, but I mean, also like all of the sheer amount of electricity, all of the wireless stuff happening. You get that in any city. I live in where I live in Puerto Rico right now. I mean, there are literally 5G towers just all around me, right? So obviously it's happening, um, but I think I feel okay. You know, like I think I felt okay, like it's hard to tell. This is such a hard thing to to gauge, right?
1: And and that's the case that's the case for a lot of people, right? Or they don't recognize they feel it. There is a population of people that really feel it and they they are uh, often referred to as EHS or electro hypersensitive and numbers on exactly how big the population of EHS uh, are kind of hard to come by the estimates currently range anywhere really from 5% to 30% of the population now these are people who effectively have what we can think of as allergies uh, to exposure to EMF radiation levels that the rest of us don't react to and so symptoms include uh, cognitive dysfunction, tinnitus, that is a ringing of the ear, rashes, joint pain, uh, high levels of anxiety. Um, there, there's, a, there's, a, a, there's this a set of symptoms that are uh, shared across uh, people who experience this. Now, the, again, these are people who you and I can walk into a room and be fine, and they'll walk into that same room and start having horrible uh, reactions. Some worse than others. Right. So for some, these they have debilitating outcomes uh, and, and really some of them effectively give up their lives just to move to the middle of nowhere where they can't work, they can't get a job, but just to ex- be able to experience life without pain. And this is this this is a, a population. It's a population that's growing. Right. Because as the amount of EMF in our environment increases, the threshold uh, uh, which more people are being triggered. Right. Is 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 being is being met. Now, uh, the, the, just because, right. So these, these people, uh, have these, these, these symptoms, these negative health outcomes, and we don't, that doesn't mean we're not experiencing harm. Right. Uh, because again, there, there's things happening in our body, just, just because we don't have immediate term pain from an exposure doesn't mean that we aren't having uh, damage done. And in fact, I, I believe that the, the, the population of, of EHS sufferers is, is actually much greater than what is being reported, because if you just think about some of the symptoms I, I rattled off, right? A ringing of the ear, uh, 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 rashes, joint pain, uh, increased levels of anxiety, right? These are uh, and sleep disruption. I forgot to list that one, a major one. These are symptoms that all of us have at different points in our life. Now, I'm not saying EMF is the source for everyone's sleep disruption, but I am saying there's a whole bunch of people who are having sleep disruption as a result of EMF exposure who have no idea that EMF could be a cause of that. They may not even know that EMF is a, a thing. And, and so they're, they're going through life just thinking that they have to endure this Is suffering uh, without realizing what the cause might be. And so that, that these, these uh, people with, with EHS, uh, I view them as canaries in the coal mine, right? They are the early warning signal that this stuff is causing damage, even if the rest of us aren't immediately aware of it in the same way that they are.
0: Yeah, there, there, there's no doubt. There's definitely people who react more, um, yeah. More harshly. To, I've, I've heard of these EMF sensitive people. I, I thought I was one for a little while as well. Um, I, I, just don't know. Like I try to take the precautions of, Hey, keep the cell phone out of the bedroom while sleeping, but at the same time it doesn't matter. Cause I live in an apartment building and they got it going on just above me. There's all of my stuff plugged into the room, you know, next to me. Uh, it, and it's, and not to mention there's five G towers all around. So you're right. Like it's hard to be able to tell, other than going out to, you know, there's a spot in the jungle I like to go to where there's, I don't think there's really any, there's a Wi-Fi router in the place I say, but that's really it. Um, and definitely feel a lot better when you're doing that. But I'm curious, like if there's a through line, like if there's a, like a commonality between all of those people um, who are EMS sensitive, other than saying they're EMS sensitive, like have they, do they have diagnosed autoimmunity is there a genetic snippet play? Um, have, have they done any dietary interventions? Uh, what, what is the commonality with those people?
1: Well, I, I don't know if I can speak to a universal commonality. I, I can say that there is cross susceptibility. So if you have multiple chemical sensitivity, you are more likely to have uh, EHS. If you have had Lyme disease, you are more likely to have EHS. Some of the, um, Uh, uh, The health practitioners that that I work with um, uh, who are experts both in EMF and and issues of nutrition uh, definitely see improvements in their clients through nutritional changes. uh, and when I say improvements, I mean improvements in their EMF sensitivity as a result. But it's, a, you know, it's a it's 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 not like a, just a fixed recipe. You have to work with them and and get it. But that, that's all by way of saying there. I am not here to and I don't think anyone would go out and say EMF is the only toxin in the world. Uh, and that's the only thing that we need to care about and address. Um, there are we live in an increasingly toxic world. There are so many different toxins and the number are. growing growing. growing all the time. Uh, And damage from one uh, almost certainly makes you more susceptible to damage from other uh, toxins. And the better your nutrition, the better your exercise regimen, the better your genes, the more resilient you are going to be to a whole set of these toxins. So that that is by way of saying, just that—that that is the nature of, of life these days. And I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm here just to help educate people on the fact that this is a toxin, um, not the worst one, perhaps. Although it's one that is—it's just getting the, the deployments of this stuff. It's just happening without any regulation, any uh, consideration of what the science is actually telling us. And and so that's why I think this type of education is so important, especially because it is a completely invisible force. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. You can't touch it. Uh, It's very easy to ignore. And uh, that's unlike many other types of toxins, which you can't see or you can taste or you can touch. And so this is one that's poorly understood, it's very easy to ignore, and it's emitted by stuff that we love, right? Uh, We love our phones, we love our Netflix, uh, we love our refrigerators, right? We certainly love our light bulbs. And so for all of these reasons, there's just a tremendous amount of inertia to overcome when trying to get people to take some sort of action. Now, going back to one thing that you said in passing earlier, right? Where you don't sleep with your phone, which is a great habit, but then, then and you said, but does it really matter? Because, you know, the next apartment upstairs, the next apartment next door. And the answer is yes, it does really matter. And that is because uh, EMF. The, the power of an exposure to EMF radiation diminishes exponentially with distance. And so even if your neighbors all have phones in their rooms, in their apartments, the fact that you have yours right next to you, well, you don't. But if you did had one right next to your your bed while you're asleep, the exposure from that phone is going to be so much greater than from, you know, 10 phones in, in four nearby apartments because the power diminishes exponentially with distance. So the cloud that's why creating as much distance as possible is such an important defense tactic.
0: Right. And so that actually kind of leads me into a question I wanted to ask you earlier, which is about a lot of these studies that are done on EMF. Um, maybe, you know, because um, I haven't read these studies I have in front of me, obviously. But, you know, when they were studying the harmful effects of ems you know when they can see um you know the fertility for instance you know that it, that it's harmful for um, sperm production that it affects women's ovaries that it can affect a, a developing fetus um and then of course like the whole cancer issue and and then everything beyond that you know whether it affects the kidneys in a way the liver whatever it is is there is there like a commonality with the distance that they expose these people these cells i don't know what they were exposing people if it's epidemiology they're surveying or if they were doing it like live cultures and cells was there any kind of standard as far as like hey we keep the um the source to the exposure like a foot or six inches or something so that we can kind of know like obviously if you walk around with your phone like this all day that's going to be a problem but if you do this occasionally maybe it's not a problem so much. Okay. So
1: I, uh, so <laughs> I'm trying to think how to approach and answer that question. So uh, was, well, when it comes to epidemiology, right, you're, you're not going to get that right, because it's, it's just a study of incidence of disease in population. So, you know, what you would get is how often they used a phone, for instance, or where what part of the neighborhood they lived in, you know, how far away they were from a radio tower uh, that kind of thing. But when it gets into the lab, you can have that type of precision, the lab science. Um, now, is there a standard in the studies? No. Um, but in each study, they will tell you. You know what the power source was, uh, or, or the EM the source of EMF, what the power level was, and what the, the setup of the test was, um, and and so you can you can. Basically, the power of the exposure is that through line. So it's not how far away something is uh, or even what the source itself was. It is uh, what was the power of the exposure, which you can often, you know, they, they use very fancy equipment, but you can use a, a decent quality consumer grade EMF meter uh, to, to, to measure for yourself and compare it against.
0: Yeah. And what's a good EMF meter, you think? Because if you go on Amazon, you know, there's probably dozens of them. Like uh, yeah. if somebody was um, looking to start measuring their EMF, is there a meter you would recommend? Sure. There's a few that
1: I recommend and I don't make or sell any of them, but I do have a, a free guide to, to help people learn how to test EMF. And in that guide, I I recommend I think it's like seven different. Uh, different meters and that guide's available uh, for free download at shieldyourbody.com test but to, to to give the quick answer to your question um there's two two meters that i recommend uh that can measure uh, radio frequency that is wireless emf and low frequency that is the emf off of power lines and appliances and stuff mm-hmm. and that you can get them in a in a single meter and one is called the trifield tf2 and the other one that i recommend is the cornet ed88t so both of those they they fluctuate in price but they're around $160 uh, and you can get a meter that measures all three uh, all three of those forces
0: which so is I great yeah sorry yeah. go ahead
1: No, 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 that's so those are those are great for an affordable way to measure uh, all the kind of common forms of household EMF. Mm -hmm. There's a third meter that I recommend, and that is the uh, safe and sound pro two from safe living technology that costs a bit more. That's like a three hundred dollar meter and it just does wireless. Right. So it'll just measure things like cell phone radiation, Wi-Fi radiation and so forth. But it has fantastic accuracy uh, for a consumer grade meter. So those are the three off the top of my head that I I recommend. There's some others that I recommend in that ebook, depending on you know maybe specific frequencies you want to measure or whatever that might be. But uh those 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 three are, are what I recommend.
0: That's awesome. And I would highly recommend to people to to do this to get one of these meters. Again, I have no financial interest in it, but you know I'm a big believer in um you know what gets measured gets managed. Yeah. And so trucker. Exactly. So when you're when you're talking about hey, you know This EMS, they're invisible. We don't know what our exposure is. You know how much you use your phone, you know how much you use your computer, you know, but you also don't know, like, it it doesn't hit you until you actually have that reading of like, oh, this is on top of my lap every day, or this is in my pocket inches from, you know, my, my genitalia so this is probably not a good thing or whatever
1: yeah well and also further to that point right there's all sorts of like it's obvious that when when you have a cell phone you keep it as far away from you as possible when you have a computer you keep it as far away from you as possible but there's all these other sources that you have no idea right so i mentioned power lines um that includes the electrical wiring in your home and Mm -hmm. you know electricians don't don't know, they, they don't even think to optimize the design of the wiring system to minimize EMF exposure. So it's not part of the design process. So there are parts of your wall that will emit more EMF than other parts of your wall. But you have no idea what that is. It could be that, you know, you and your family spend two hours a day on the sofa in the living room. And if you moved your sofa four feet to the right, you would have much less exposure. But you would have no idea that that's the case unless you uh, measure it because it, there's no other way to tell it's coming. It's invisible. It's coming from inside the wall. You don't even see the source. So measuring is really the only way that you can know this stuff.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's such a good point. The, the whole kind of grounded electricity um, or ungrounded electricity. And, you know, just in the house where you're at, like if you, if your baby's sleeping in a bedroom and that, that room is higher as higher EMF exposure than maybe another room, then yeah, you're going to, you're going to think about, that that's more tangible. You can't live without your phone, but you can certainly lower your exposure that that the baby or your kids or even you and your wife or whatever um, yeah. are getting. So um, yeah, that, that's a great that's a great tip. Or maybe you're just a crazy person and you're like, hey, this apartment that we're living in is way too exposed to EMFs, and there's other apartments in other areas. You've gone with this meter to the street corner and you've measured. Uh, so we got to, we got to move to this street corner. We got to get away from this street. corner. We got to move down the street
1: to that. Oh, I totally, if if you have a meter, definitely take, if you're, if you're going apartment hunting or house hunting, I mean, especially if you're buying, but even if you're renting, um, bring a meter, uh, because it can, it can really be shocking with the numbers. I mean, it can vary so much, uh, from room to room, but also from location to location. And the only way you're going to know is, is, is by, by, by measuring, by testing.
0: Yeah. Bring your meter and bring your mold plate. Cause you gotta know if the place yeah. has mold too. Just whirl in there with a bunch of gadgets. Every time you look at yeah. the car. <laughs> throw them around, like give me 20 minutes to see what's going on. You don't want to get in a place with mold and EMS. You're screwed on so many levels. But, um, either way, there are ways if you are living in a place, like obviously, you know, like you can't just pick up and leave. Sometimes you kind of live somewhere. You are yeah. somewhere. You have to, you have to, you have to exist in the 21st century. Um, So what are some ways that, you know, people can kind of minimize their exposure while still being an active member of society? Sure. So, well, we
1: just uh, since we were just talking about, you know, house hunting and being stuck in an apartment and maybe not being willing to move or whatever that might be. uh, One great way to to really make a big difference is to de-energize your bedroom at night. So. If you have access to your circuit breaker, which even many apartment dwellers do, right, you go and you turn off the circuit that feeds the whole bedroom because uh, that will just kill all the energy running through the walls and will uh, will make a really big difference on your exposure. Now, it'll make a bigger difference if you know, if you're in a higher EMF bedroom, but it makes a big difference for almost everybody. So de-energize the bedroom at night. Now, other other examples like that, turn off your Wi-Fi at night. Right. So uh, Wi-Fi. I mean, ideally, you would get rid of the Wi-Fi from your apartment in your home and replace it with Ethernet. But I know for just from dealing with uh, uh, regular consumers, that's a big step for a lot of people. And so they're not willing to do that. So instead, start by turning it off at night and you will see if you're like uh, everyone I've ever talked to who's tried that. you will see a big difference in your sleep uh, on the on the very first night. And this matters, by the way, I like underscoring this, even if you live in an apartment building where you can see 20 other Wi-Fi networks, again, because of that distance factor that I was talking about earlier, right? Because the Wi-Fi in your apartment is almost certainly going to be stronger uh, than your exposure to the Wi-Fi from any other number of apartments in in your building. Uh, Not carrying your phone in your pocket or your bra or turning it into airplane mode if you do. Airplane mode is a really powerful feature um, because when you enable airplane mode, Uh, You're essentially cutting off all the EMF from your device. There's still a tiny little bit coming, but it's a huge reduction in the EMF. But if you can't turn it into airplane mode, do not carry your phone in your pocket or your bra or right up against your body in any way. Uh, In fact, if you read the manual for for some of the more popular devices uh, like the iPhone, uh, you're not supposed to hold it up against your head or carry it in your pocket. There's supposed to be a minimum degree of separation just to keep it underneath federal guidelines, which themselves are too high. Um, so these are, oh, I'll give one final one that I think is very important. Um, don't use Bluetooth headsets like AirPods. Um, when you're using Bluetooth, Is the same kind of radiation as Wi-Fi. And when you're using Bluetooth headsets, right, they're right up, right in your ear canal, which is very close to your brain, in a part of your head, not shielded by by the skull. There's no natural shielding there, but uh, your bone wouldn't otherwise provide. And it's generally for extended periods of time. This technology has not been studied, right? Bluetooth headsets have not been around long enough, for instance, to see what happens after you use them for 10 or 15 or 20 years. Uh, they've, and this is how wireless technology is deployed, right? We deploy it uh, as long as it doesn't burn you, which is essentially the, the, the single health standard that's applied. As long as using it doesn't burn you, uh, then it's safe and we can deploy it. And then we don't actually know what the impacts are until 10, 15, 20 years later, which is kind of the point we're now at with cell phones, where we're seeing the, the massive amount of, of research uh, uh, indicating the kind of harm that it is causing. So those are some of the the, the best ways. right? It all boils down to two, two, two key rules. One is minimizing your use, Of emf emitting technology so just using it the the stuff that adds value and the stuff that doesn't really add value to your life maybe turn it off or get rid of it or don't buy it in the first place Uh, because there are so many options now um, they're trying to make everything smart in in ways where maybe a lot of it doesn't make much sense i mean you know, smart thermostats, I can kind of see the value in that, but a smart refrigerator, I don't see really the value in that. They have smart kitty litter boxes, they have smart hair brushes, they have smart tampons. Uh, it's it's ridiculous, and you don't, it, 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 you really don't need this stuff. And each one of these, this, it's not. It's another it's an additive source. It is adding to your cumulative exposure, which is increasing your health risk. So that's the first key rule is minimize your use of EMF emitting technology. And then the second is to maximize the distance between your body and the technology. When it is in use, you want to keep as much separation as possible. So if you're um, if you're talking on your phone, use a, a headset. A wired headset and keep the phone away from you. If you're on your laptop uh, and, and you, you you know you're at home, you you have the control over the environment. You know, plug in an external keyboard and keep the laptop further away from you. If you have Wi-Fi router, you know, uh, keep it as far away from where you and your loved ones spend time when you're home. Right? There's lots of ways to do this. And then as the so those are the two best ways, right? Get, the best form of EMF protection is minimizing or eliminating the exposure in the first place. Then uh, what you can consider using are uh, laboratory-tested EMF protection products, like the ones that I make and sell to shield your body. So, I'll give you one. We have we have a couple dozen products. I won't walk you through all of them, but I'll give you one example of of where this kind of thing makes sense, right? So, one of my top tips for people is to not, as we just said, to not carry your phone in your pocket, um, or to turn it into airplane mode if you do. Uh, but there's some people who uh, cannot do that or are not willing to do that, right? Because when it's an airplane mode, You're not going to be able to get calls. So, you know, there's some people who need their phone on them for work and they have nowhere else to to carry it. It's not like they have a big, I don't know, suitcase that they can put it in or whatever it might be. So that's why I make the phone pouch, the SYB phone pouch, right? The phone pouch makes it safer to carry the phone in your pocket or your bra. The rear of the pouch is lined with EMF shielding material, which deflects radiation in the other direction. The front is unlined so that your phone can still send and receive signals. And that's a really good example. It's a very popular product, but it's a really good example of where EMF protection uh, can really help people. Um, There is no single like you can't just go like you can't go out and buy something that makes EMF safe and you can't go out and buy something that eliminates your exposure. But you can buy certain types of products, like I said, like mine, that can really help you eliminate or reduce uh, very specific exposures. Uh, and so that is that. So those are the, those are the, you have the two key roles of minimizing use and maximizing distance. And then as a second line of defense, using good laboratory tested EMF protection products.
0: Yeah, I, I like that approach. And um, I'm looking at the, the phone pouch now on your website. It's interesting. Um, definitely an interesting uh you know i guess um device not device but uh but protective accessory, accessory. yeah accessory um you know i personally use a um, i have a phone shield that i got from um i got from amazon a while ago i think it works um, i was able to procreate successfully and i use my phone <laughs> in my pocket quite well um but um but i you know it's it's one of those things where it's like it's hard to tell, you know, it's hard to tell, like, if it's working or not, you can only just go off of these specific like life events or or, or biomarkers, you know, um, well, with with products like mine, you can actually so if you get a,
1: a decent meter like the Trifield TF2. Uh, or the cornet that I mentioned, or, or even the, the, the safe and sound, um, if you use a decent EMF meter, you can actually measure the efficacy of my products. And and, and that's, that's actually the whole reason I wrote that guide uh, that I was mentioning earlier that people can download is so to, to, that teaches people how to test. It was to, to help customers verify my own product claims for themselves at home um, or wherever they're using their product. And so with the type of, because there are, There are EMF protection devices on the market that make claims that are not verifiable, that are not quantifiable. Uh, Mine are not in that class. Mine are in the class of EMF shielding. And when you're shielding EMF, you're blocking it. You can actually measure the difference in EMF levels as uh, before and after.
0: What are the materials that are blocking the EMF?
1: Sure. Great question. So uh, EMF shielding was invented almost 200 years ago by a guy named Michael Faraday, a British scientist who, who created what became known as the Faraday cage. And what he showed is that if you weave conductive metals into certain patterns, uh, you can block and deflect certain frequencies of EMF radiation. So the, the, the conductive metals are, are the, the, for the the element that actually provides the shielding. So in the case of my apparel products, like my boxer shorts or my baseball cap, uh, because it's apparel, it's in touch in extended contact with human skin. The shielding uh, element metal we use is silver, right? Because in addition to providing excellent shielding, it's also hypoallergenic and non-toxic. Um, with the products that don't come in touch with your skin, like in the foam pouch, right? The, the shielding material is, is woven into the pouch. You don't ever touch it. Um, and the same thing is true with my laptop pad and, and several other products. So for the products that don't come in contact with your skin, we use generally nickel or cobalt. Um, as the, the shielding element in the fabric. So the apparel is silver woven into cotton and the uh, other uh, non-apparel products by and large are nickel and cobalt woven into polyester.
0: Got you. And you designed these yourself or the, did you the business? products? Yes got you got you. Cool. So um, I'll be sure to link to all of that in the show notes to your shop, to your website, and then, of course, to your guide so people can have some resources to utilize with um, the information they're getting from this website, which has been awesome. Um, I really appreciate right. that. Yeah. Before we sign off, um, do you have any parting thoughts or let us know where we can find you online or more about you? You've left your website, but if there's any other resources you have for... Sure. Well, we're also... Sh-
1: yeah, no, thank you. We're, we're Shield Your Body on every uh, major... Uh, social platform the one I, I particularly like is YouTube we have a great uh content uh library of con- video content up there how-to videos educational videos webinar archives podcast episodes um so that is it's uh, youtube.com slash shield your body uh and as my parting thought is just to uh, uh to reinforce for people, right? Because uh, I don't know how many of your listeners may have known about EMF in advance or, or before this episode. Um, but when, when people first become aware uh, and they, they hear it from me or from anybody else and they first become aware of this, you know, it's easy to get freaked out because uh, you start realizing the, the, how, how this stuff is everywhere. And, you know, my message is not to get freaked out. Uh, yes, this stuff is everywhere. And yes, it would be great Uh, to, to, to really make some difference in that at some point. But today you can make a really huge difference in your own personal exposure, just based on your own personal relationship with technology. Uh, So despite, right. How many, you know, how many cell towers you can see from your window, how many Wi-Fi networks you can see from your window, right. That cell phone in your pocket can be one of the biggest, if not the biggest sources of your own exposure. So deal with that, find the areas in your life that you can make these adjustments to reduce your exposure and 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 do that because that's going to make a huge difference so this is hopefully interpreted or received as a message of empowerment and not one of of terror because that is really the key is there are things that you can do to live healthier with less exposure to emf radiation and they're just not that hard
0: absolutely addition by subtraction and it makes your life more simple you know when, when you start kind of shedding all of this technology out of your life or at least like minimizing it You know, you start to realize like, oh, I do like walking better with my phone, not in my pocket. I feel better for some reason. I feel lighter, you know, I don't feel so like burdened. Um, Plus, it's just nice to just get your phone out of your life for a little bit, right? So totally, that totally helps. And I think the laptop um, cover is is awesome too. You know, how many of us are sitting there just with our lap? Like that's the problem. You can take your laptop anywhere and just plop it on your lap and you don't even think about it most of the time. Um, and I've, I have um, some laptop covers are just too bulky to carry around. So, um, yeah, definitely have some separation between your device and you. Um, and it looks like your products is one of the better ones to go with. So um, I'll be you sure very to link all that. So thanks, Art, for joining us on the Holistic Controbics Podcast. Listener, viewer, if you jo- listen to you head on over to Apple Podcasts, podcast five-star review. Subscribe if you haven't done that already. And if you are curious as to... What more Holistic Nootropics has to offer? You can take some time, scroll through the whole Holistic Nootropics library here on YouTube, or head on over to holisticnootropics.com. Until next time, everybody, peace. Thanks for listening. For more brain boosting info, in depth articles, and show notes, check out HolisticNeutropics.com.